Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public radio. Six weeks ago, Pilar Guzman Zavala had about 100 people working for her, and she was busy working on expanding her company into franchises at airports across the country. She's the CEO and owner of Half Moon Empanadas. It has 13 locations, including Miami International Airport and the Miami Beach Convention Center. But she's been closed since mid-March, thanks to the efforts to slow the spread of COVID-19. All my 13 stores with my 11 managers and my, you know, I have over 50 people in, in, uh, in hourly uh, jobs. Uh, so they were pretty much out of jobs. But she's been able to bring back her 11 salaried managers and 25 of her hourly full-time staff. Her first rescue was a loan through the state of Florida. That paid for a month of payroll. Then she applied for the federal government's Paycheck Protection Program. That's the money approved by Congress targeted for companies of less than 500 employees. But there have been problems with the first round of that money. Big companies with fewer than 500 people working at any one location were able to get the loans. Some, like Shake Shack and Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, announced they will give back the loan money. And small companies like Zavala's had trouble working with big banks to apply for the loans. She applied with three banks before getting an answer. So I applied the first day, 8 in the morning, April 3rd. I was ready to go with everything that I knew they were going to ask. I waited for 10 days. And then I said, this is crazy. I'm not going to wait. This is, you know, a survival mode. And so I went to a second bank uh, where I had some loans. But I think they were already very, like, busy. So I'm like, this is not going to work. On Tuesday of the following week, I applied to a third bank, and I got approved on Friday of that week. She got over $100,000, and if she spends most of it on payroll over the next two months, she won't have to pay it back. We're live during this 9 a.m. hour here on WLRN talking about borrowing and business in South Florida. What do South Florida companies need to stay alive to fight the uh, coronavirus and the economic consequences brought on by efforts to slow the spread of the disease. Has your company applied to one of the emergency loan programs? Maybe you work for a company that has applied for these loan programs. We're talking with local bankers about borrowing and business. Do you work for a small firm? Share your experiences. The phone lines open live in this 9 a.m. hour right now, 800-743-9576, 800-743-WLRN. You can also reach us on Twitter. Be sure to tag us at WLRN is our handle. Eddie Ariola is the CEO of Apollo Bank, and he joins us here via FaceTime audio. Eddie, welcome back to WLRN. This Paycheck Protection Program is a loan program through the Small Business Administration. Companies have to apply through a bank. Uh, You're one of those. How many applications have you processed? Well, good morning, Tom. How many have we processed? Hundreds. And uh, how many phone calls have we received? Uh, Thousands. And, Mm. you know, for us and for most banks, it's uh, been a bandwidth issue. And we want to make sure that we haven't overcommitted. But it's been a, a, a crazy process. And we've helped many businesses. And unfortunately, there's still businesses that are that are trying to get help. Bandwidth issue, meaning the ability of your bank to take in these applications or bandwidth issue on the Small Business Administration side? Yeah. So, so I say three things. One, uh, every bank was trying to figure out what this all meant and how we actually process it from uh, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America to the smallest banks in the country. The program is just sort of thrown at us. And the Secretary of Treasury came out and said, go to any bank on uh, Friday, April 3rd, and you can get your money same day. Right. And that's not the way it works. And so we were all trying to figure it out. Uh, the second part was literally like technology, you know, like bandwidth, like, can they put enough orders into the system? And everyone had 
sort of a different way to go about it. So some of the bigger banks and fintechs tried to automate the process and that slowed things down. It didn't work. And other banks were just like ours. You know, we, we did it manually. We did it the old fashioned way. And it was, can we get enough people working around the clock and, uh, we, you know, and, and seeing when the system's up and just getting it through. Um, and then just handling all, you know, all the phone calls and requests and helping clients fill out all the information. It's just, it's been hectic. Share with us the experiences of how a business applies. You said old fashioned. I mean, is there an actual paper application here? Or are you going online and, and filling in forms? Well, well, uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it, it's a paper application. So you, you can fill it out uh, online. The, the basic, there's a, the SBA has a 2483 form. It's a pretty basic form, uh, form that you fill out. And as long as you have the supporting, uh, you know, uh, payroll information, it's actually pretty easy. The, the problem day one was they kept changing the rules. So banks didn't understand that accountants were giving you know, different information to the borrowers. And then at least in, in the first week that they rolled out the program, they changed that form four different times. Hmm. So if a client sent it, so uh, I think you had a caller, uh, you know, call in and she says she, she went on to her, her bank's website at 8 a.m. I know by the end of that day, they had already changed the form. Yeah. So by the time they get to it, it's all wrong. And, uh, and again, that's been one of the frustrating things. But it's basically you fill out a form, you know your, your payroll information, and it's a pretty easy process to at least upload and then there's some uh, back-end paperwork that needs uh, to be provided. We're speaking with Eddie Ariola, CEO of Apollo Bank, one of the many local banks that's been involved with the Small Business Administration's effort around the Paycheck uh, Protection Program loan program passed here to uh, help businesses keep employees on payroll, 800-743-9576. Maybe you work for or own a small firm here in South Florida. Share your experiences with us, 800-743-WLRN. We're live in this 9 a.m. hour here on the Sunshine Economy. Eddie, let me ask you, what kinds of businesses that uh, you're working with through Apollo Bank have been approved for these paycheck protection loans? And, and how much money are we talking about for these loans? Well, so, um, and, you know, you name a business that they've come through from everything from, you know, uh, restaurants, beauty salons, construction, hotel, you know, doctor's offices. I mean, every, I, I can't think of, of an industry or sector that hasn't applied for the loan and that we haven't uh you know, approved and hasn't needed the funds. So it's, you know, I really can't, it'd be harder to, to name one that, that hasn't applied. Um, Is there the, a sense of what types of companies are hearing back quickly and which ones tend to have some kind of delay or ultimately are rejected in their loan application? No. So the, the rejection and, uh, and who's getting approved isn't really uh, sector, uh, sector dependent. It's more about who has the, the accurate information and again, and who sort of gets in the queue with their bank and is their bank, uh, you know, uh, logging on? Are they having are they getting access to the SBA website? So, yeah. so it's not there isn't really like a committee that says, oh, they, they need it or they don't need it. It's uh, you're sort of self-certifying and the bank's verifying it. Um, How are you and, verifying and that information, Eddie? Give us a sense of, of that. Well, well, in our case, you know, we're dealing for the most part only with customers and then we open things up for uh, through referrals. So for the most part, you know, we know our businesses and they're coming, uh, you know, prepared with accurate information and there's, you know, literally a form and they have to provide backup information yeah. with, uh, with with payroll and expenses. And so, again, it's a manual check. As you know, that's been one of the knocks early on this program yeah. was that banks were favoring current customers, current clients ahead of of others that may not have a relationship with the bank. How did you handle that at Apollo? It, it was a very well for, for us, it was a very uh, sensitive 
issue, but it's also easier because, uh, you know, we're a small event. We, you know, we know all of our customers. And so, uh, you know, all the, all the folks that called us, you know, we, we either handle directly or we refer them to another bank because some of our clients have multiple relationships or sure. banks or relationships, with other banks. Uh, so we were able to handle sort of everybody, uh, in our universe. And when people that called us, you know, we would tell them right away is, uh, you know, we're busy. We'll see how we get through this. Uh, and now we've opened things up for referrals. Uh, so we've been, you know, managing and it's been very stressful, but, uh, at this point we've been able to help out folks even beyond our client list. 800-743-9576. Again, we're live during this 9 a.m. hour talking with Eddie Ariola, the CEO of Apollo Bank. A couple other uh, bank uh, bosses will join us later on in this program. Your experiences in the uh, lending and borrowing environment here uh, uh, from the consumer side, uh, mortgages, auto loans, credit cards. Let us know your experiences with banks. Talking about borrowing and business here on the Sunshine Economy. Uh, Bobby on line one. Go ahead, Bobby. You are on the radio. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good. Thanks for calling in. Your experiences? Uh, my family member applied for one of these PPP loans, and I, and I got to say, uh, it's like the data from the beginning. The more data you have, the more accurate information you'll you get approved. Uh, my family member was approved in four days. Three or four days, they got they got about $250,000. Mm. I got to say, the federal government's done an amazing job. People, people, uh, some people think that this, you know, it, it should have gone quicker. I mean, no one in their right mind could have predicted what was happening. And for something that has been unknown in the history of the United States, I think it's done an admirable job in handling the economy as best it can. And, Bobby, uh, and, and it's accurate information. If you have accurate information, people will get the, the loans approved if they, if they, you know, meet all the criteria. Bobby, I appreciate you sharing your experience or your family member's experience. What industry uh, is that business in? Small hotel. Small hotel. Great. Bobby, good to hear that uh, information. Eddie, uh, how about that idea of the quality of the data that uh, the companies need to need to have on hand? Bobby, Bobby's absolutely right in in terms of, you know, the SBA has done an amazing job of rolling out uh, an incredibly massive program in a very short period of time. And it does come down to... uh, are you quick? Are you accurate? Are you complete? And that's kind of how we prioritize. And what we, we tell our, our clients is, we'll make you a priority, but this better be your priority. Give us the right information. <laughs> Return all of our phone calls. If we say we need something signed in green, don't ask any questions. Give it to us in green. And uh, and as long as, as you make it a priority, that definitely helps. And then and also, you know, you got to have a little luck. If you call, if, if your bank is having technical issues or the day that your information is being uh process there has been uh, technical glitches but that's great to hear that that bobby's family had that experience we'll go to boca next lenny on line two lenny thanks for calling in you're on the radio hi how are you today thanks Good. for taking my call um very uh, uh question the i applied for uh, the loan april 3rd through bank of america um i have a restaurant small restaurant here in boca raton and the uh, bank of america you can't uh speak to anybody text anybody email anybody or go into any branches um, they messed up the calculation. I uh, only had three months of payroll in 2019 because I bought the business uh, end of September. So I had October, November, December. Uh, they divided by 12. So they approved uh, a loan for one quarter of what it should be. Um, so I did not accept it. And I wanted to apply through a smaller bank um, and uh, U.S. Century Bank uh, locally and, um, and everything. Uh, so I did that and let them know the situation. But now it's held up because 
Apparently, there's uh, E-Tran at SBA, and Bank of America needs to release my loan from there. And but I can't get a hold of anybody. Uh, so, what do I what do I do? Gotcha, Lenny. So you applied for one loan. Uh, 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 your estimation is that the financial institution messed up on some of the calculation. You you were offered the loan but rejected it. Is that right, Lenny? Exactly. They, gotcha. Uh, and yeah. now you've reapplied through another financial institution. Eddie, have you run across this scenario? Uh, yeah, I mean, so. Yes. So I know the exact situation Lenny's going through. So uh, as he mentioned, this has happened you know, to literally hundreds of thousands, if not more, uh, people that went in uh, the first weekend to Bank of America uh, and Bank of America specifically is some of the bigger banks. And they tried to automate everything. And then right. you were just sort of stuck in the queue. And then it was literally this weekend that sort of the the, uh, the dam broke for Bank of America and people just started receiving uh, approvals o- over this weekend. So that's great news for many people that were stuck at Bank of America, but many customers uh, or, or many borrowers uh, like Lenny went to other banks and they got approved. So we were fighting that issue all weekend. And what we've been doing, uh, and U.S. Century is a great bank and they're dealing with uh, the same issues that, that, we're, that we're going through, is asking our customers to call SBA, to call Bank of America, and we're calling SBA on behalf of our customers. Mm. And in some cases, uh, we've gotten uh, the SBA sort of revoked one of the SBA approval numbers and other, you know, in other cases, people have just been sort of waiting in the queue. But that was one of the issues that happened like literally this weekend. Yeah, those those numbers are really important for the SBA. Once you're kind of given that number, that's a little bit close to uh, getting uh, the approval. But do you need yeah. a different number if like in Lenny's case, he wants to go to another bank? to yeah. uh, to apply is that is that a whole nother process then it, it, it well no it, it, it here's the issue it is uh you, you can only have one number so you know it's a whatever so the number will stick with lenny, lenny in this case yeah and so that he can't apply so initially they knew that this was going to be a problem and they encouraged people to go to multiple banks right and you were able actually to get two e-tran numbers and you just so then people would just tell you don't close on both because that's illegal and and that but uh in the last call it week uh, the SBA changed the rules and said you can only get one number, and if you apply, uh, you'll be blocked out. Mm. And if you were stuck in the queue at one of the big banks, and, and Bank of America specifically, this weekend became a huge problem. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And so now they're trying to work through it over the coming days. Eddie Ariola is the CEO at Apollo Bank. Uh, Eddie, thanks for your time today. We appreciate My you uh, sharing your experiences. Uh, we're going to talk more with uh, bankers and borrowing and business in South Florida. Have you uh, applied for a loan? Have you applied for one of these paycheck protection program forgivable loans? Maybe a, a more conventional loan uh, that you've applied for here. Uh, let us know. 800-743-9576. We're live during this 9 a.m. hour here on the Sunshine Economy. 800-743-9576. We're back on the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for supporting public radio. This is the beginning of the second month that Sandra Panetta has not written herself a paycheck from the company she owns and runs, Medical Equipment Solutions. It may sound like she's in the right business during a global pandemic, but she sold and rented all kinds of medical gear like wheelchairs, home oxygen units, and the devices to treat sleep apnea. She also sells personal protection gear, but just could not find those products to make the sale. We were getting all these calls for the other types of supplies, which was the mask and the gloves and everything. Everyone was frenzying over, and then our supply chains got choked up. 
our friends were like, oh, you're in the right business. I'm like, uh-uh, not exactly. <laughs> None of you can supply the demand. So she stopped paying herself and her sister, who works for the company. She's also cut hours of a part-time employee. She says she got $4,000 through the Small Business Administration's Economic Injury Disaster Advance Loan and has applied for a $15,000 Paycheck Protection Program loan. So I don't think we can go too much longer, but I think this is just in time. Access to cash is key for companies and key for consumers to uh, stay alive, stay solvent, deal with the economic consequences of the efforts to slow the spread of COVID-19. So what's your state of borrowing? If you own a company, have you applied for a loan as a consumer? Have you had to borrow money to try to get through some slim weeks here? 800-743-9576. We're live during this 9 a.m. hour here on WLRN, taking your phone calls with bankers. 800-743-9576. Alan Prindle is with us, CEO of Power Financial Credit Union. Alan, welcome back to WLRN. Uh, I don't believe you're involved with the SBA Paytech, Pay- Paycheck Protection Program lending scenario, are you? No, we aren't. Um, I'm going to kind of segue off of what Eddie had said earlier about bandwidth. We acquired a bank December 31st, and then we're doing the computer conversion of their system on April 4th that weekend, which is right when PPP started. So yeah. I had to make an executive decision to say I just don't have the bandwidth to do both of those. So that's why we backed off. So our focus has been to help our existing borrowers uh, and help restructure their loans and try to help them work through this challenge that we're all facing. And have you seen what kind of uh, activity for uh, loan demand have you seen in the last six weeks since uh, these economic consequences have come to bear? Loan demand incoming has slowed down significantly, but what we're focusing on is working with our existing portfolio. So we have about $170 million in commercial loans. And because their credit union typically focuses on the smaller businesses, 26% of our portfolio is in hotels, mm. uh, 16% is in multifamily and apartments, and 14% is in multi-use retail, which is right in the sweet spot of what is really getting hurt in this, in, with, the, with the stay-at-home orders. So we're working at forgiving forbearance, giving them payment protection, you know, giving them payment uh, relief and that yeah. kind of thing. That's how we're trying to help. Any sense of defaults at this point, either technical or real? No, not really, Tom. I mean, I'm hoping that the forbearance, if we can give many of these businesses three, four months to to kind of take a breather, uh, get things straightened out and then get back on track, we'll be OK. Because even among those industries, you know, hotel, if, if one of them is selected as being able to house essential workers, yeah. their revenue is still coming in as opposed to we have a couple that are on South Beach and obviously there's no hospitality whatsoever. They're forced to close. So even within an industry, there's a spectrum of how they're impacted. Yeah, indeed. Alan, stick with us. Alan Prendle, CEO of Power Financial Credit Union, taking your phone calls at 800-743-9576. Ginger Martin is also with us, CEO of American National Bank based in Broward County. Ginger, welcome back to WLRN. What's American National's experience with the uh, Paycheck Protection Program lending strategy? Well, it has been a wild and exciting ride. Um, But we have done 457 loans for a total of $70.3 million. Um, And in round one, we started off focusing with customers, just like Eddie was talking about, the people that we knew and we already had a relationship with, we felt like we should take care of them first. And so we did 264 customers for $48 million. And then in round two, we've actually opened it up to non-customers, but those were people that were referred to us Mm -hmm. by existing customers or from another uh, trusted source. 
So we've done 193 uh, non-customers for a total of $22 million. You mentioned round two. We're about a week into round two of this lending uh, strategy. Has there been any significant difference in terms of processing time or or, uh, application OKs? Well, I think we definitely learned a lot from the first round. So round two has been better. And we didn't have uh, as many E-Tran challenges in round two, except for uh, Monday. When they first opened it up, the system was just clogged. And we were doing just what uh, Apollo was doing also is entering them manually. And so it was taking 45 minutes to an hour just to get one loan entered. Mm. And then the SBA tweaked the system. And then things really have uh, speeded uh, they sped up, and um, so it's it's going it's going well. And um, in fact, our activity and requests have actually tapered off here in the last couple of days. And and um, so we're really happy that we were able to provide um, these loans. And you know, one of the things I've been keeping stats on Tom yep. is the number of employees yeah. um, that are represented by these companies, and we're at seven thousand eight hundred employees that we have, uh, you know, been able to help their companies retain them and their salaries. And that's such an important statistic. Yeah, that's that's an important statistic here that sometimes gets buried in the number of loans and the amount of loans, because ultimately these are paycheck protection program loans designed to be uh, 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 loaned to small companies to keep people on payroll for uh, up to two and a half months. Yes, yes. Uh, we got some questions, in fact, about types of employees that uh, can qualify here. Uh, 800-743-9576, live in the 9 a.m. hour, 800-743-9576. Ginger Martin is the head of American National Bank. Alan Prendel heads up the Power Financial Credit Union Group. Uh, They are with you, and we will say hello to Roseanne in North Miami Beach. Roseanne, welcome to WLRN. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um... So I'm an independent contractor, and I want to be real clear. That was my choice. Um, I, I did it for a lot of different reasons, and I have been trying. I applied in the first round, and, of course, that was a nightmare. They ran out of money right away. Second round, I applied the first day, and it has been – I'm just waiting, 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 and I'm not hearing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just – wonder i mean i have navigated the system i have called people i have worked with people i'm an independent contractor by choice what happens to people who don't have my ability to talk to the system and yeah. my ability you know yeah you bring up a lot of good questions there roseanne especially that have a bank right you know, i don't have a local bank and for a while that was a little bit of a um a problem i deal mm-hmm. with a credit union in another place that i lived I see. And they're helping me and they're letting me navigate. But what do people do? I mean, and I have money in the bank because for many years I was a regular employee and I put money away at um, almost at retirement age. But what do people do? I mean, I really wonder about these poor independent contractors. Yeah. Rosanna, I appreciate you sharing your experience. Patricia in Miami has, uh, I think, something similar here. Patricia, you're on the radio. Yes, good morning. Um, I'm an independent contractor as well. I'm in the real estate business. My problem is I can't even get um, to even apply for a loan with my three banks that I have a long-time relationship with, which is Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Chase, because they say that I need to have a business account. And I, I, I don't have an LLC or anything. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm 
So that's been the challenging thing. Now, I did do the uh, economic injury uh, protection uh, uh, application. That's and a I separate loan program, a separate loan yeah. program through the Small Business Administration, which provides, I believe, Patricia, a maximum of, of $10,000. Is that right? Correct. It says that a maximum of $10,000, but I believe that um, it go, it's like some, they keep changing everything, and I believe it says that maybe uh, maximum 10000 but 1000 per employee, but hello, mm-hmm. I'm myself. But you're your own employee, right? And you're only got exactly. the one. Patricia, we and got it. I'm, I'm, let me put this to the bankers here. The, the question of, of folks who are 1099 uh, uh, contract employees, freelance employees who are kind of uh, a one woman shop, as the case may be here. Ginger, any experience with these? Yes, we have been accepting and improving uh, people that are 1099 contractors. It's a totally different process. And I tell you, in round one, they didn't even have clear guidance. In round two, they have really made that clear as far as what we're supposed to do from the bank standpoint, what information that we need. But we have done uh, 1099s. We've done sole proprietors. Uh, we've done you know uh, sub S. And the information required to actually calculate the loan amount is different for those. Um, but you know the other statistic I can tell you: the uh, lowest loan that we've approved was one thousand five hundred and sixty-two dollars, and that was to an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our largest loan is $3.1 million. So we have covered the whole gamut. We have been accepting applications uh, from 1099 people. Um, but I guess it. Uh, I'm sure it is very, very challenging if you do not have a personal relationship yeah. with a local bank that you can talk to. Alan Prindle with uh, Power Financial. Let me ask you about uh, you, uh, the credit unions' experiences with uh, 1099 uh, kind of contractors, folks that are in business for themselves and only by themselves. Have you seen uh, uh, some uh, financial discussions happening with those folks as they try to navigate these waters? Yeah, we, we most certainly have. That's a lot of the sweet spot of who credit unions deal with is the right. smaller businesses, as I mentioned. So. We've uh, had many of those approach us for help, and, and we've worked with them uh, the way they can, whether it be the existing loan they have with us or try to give them referrals to uh, shops such as Ginger's that are doing PPP. Um, but I think you see the theme between those two calls, the importance of, of local institutions. Ginger, Eddie, myself, we all kind of stepped in when these crises hit. The same thing happened with the recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was the, it was the local community banks that really – stepped in when the big banks pulled out. As you know, Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, you've probably seen in the news, have totally stopped home equity loans for consumers. And, and we haven't, and I'm sure my fellow bankers haven't either. So um, it's kind of a safety net when these things happen, having the local community banks and the credit unions. I will mention we did invite some of those big banks and some of their local representatives to participate in our program, and uh, they uh, chose not to. We are going to continue talking about borrowing and business. Your phone calls, more of them coming up, 800-743-9576. Tony and Jessica and Mike will get to you just as soon as possible, 800-743-9576. This is the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening to WLRN. Bill Feinberg is paying employees 
to do nothing. I brought back people that I don't have to work for them to do. He owns and runs Allied Kitchen and Bath based in Fort Lauderdale. He's doing what Congress intended businesses do with the Paycheck Protection Program loan. Hundreds of billions of dollars has been approved to go to businesses primarily to pay workers who otherwise would be laid off or furloughed. If spent in certain ways, companies won't have to pay back the money. Like a lot of businesses, Allied was hit hard and fast by the business shutdowns in March. Immediately, we furloughed at least a half of our team. That meant about three dozen people were initially out of work. Most of those were brought back when Allied Kitchen and Bath got the loan money about two weeks ago. Here live in the 9 a.m. hour on WLRN for the Sunshine Economy, talking about business and borrowing, 800-743-9576, 800-743-WLRN. Ginger Martin is the CEO at American National Bank based in Broward County. Alan Prindle, also based in Broward, CEO of Power Financial Credit Union, taking more of your phone calls. Ginger, let me ask you, the experience uh, with, uh, with Bill at Allied Kitchen and Bath, getting this money, having it show up in their account, and then being able to bring folks back on to payroll. Uh, tell us and remind us what some of the kind of rules are for this Paytech Protection Program money to be used uh, in certain ways so that companies may not have to pay back that loan. Well, this forgiveness piece is uh, going to be an, an interesting piece uh, because we don't have as much clarity as bankers as we wish we did. But here's one thing we know for sure. You have to spend 75% of the loan amount to maintain wages at a, at a level uh, that they were before you uh, the COVID-19. And also there's gonna be a calculation for the number of full-time equivalent employ, uh, employees. And you know something that I, wanted, I just wanna share that came out uh, first thing this morning, that's gonna be a new twist, hmm. is that if you go to rehire, you've, you've furloughed employees or you've laid them off and you go back and you offer them a job and they are not willing to come back, then that's not gonna be held against you when you calculate that number of employees. Mm. So your forgiveness amount will both won't be reduced. But the interesting thing is they're saying if an employee rejects that offer, it's going to jeopardize their unemployment compensation. Because I've heard some stories about companies who've wanted to hire people back and they're like, no, I'm making more money on unemployment. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see that uh, SBA and the Treasury came out with clarification that those people are going to be um, in jeopardy with their, their unemployment, which is really good for the businesses when they're trying to hire people back and they've got work and people don't want to come back to work. Yeah, so trying to address the labor supply. Now, here in Florida, we know the state piece of unemployment, it maxes out at $275 a week. The federal booster adds $600 to that. That would be a maximum of $875 a week. And there have there has been studies uh, showing that uh, I think about 38% of uh, South Florida workers earn $600 or less per week. So that economic incentive to go from unemployment initially back into payroll um, could put some pressure on wages. Is that essentially the, the, the result here, Ginger? Ginger Martin, you still with us? Well, we may have lost lost Ginger. Alan Prindle, how about your experiences with the companies you work with? Um, yeah, I've heard similar stories that Ginger mentioned about uh, people not wanting to come back because they could make more on unemployment. And um, I, I, I'm sure it's going to impact wages. One way to get them to come back is they'd have to pay 
a level equal to the uh, employment that they're getting. So I think there will be upward rate wage pressure for sure. 800-743-9576. 800-743-9576. You can also tweet us at WLRN. Eat well, South Florida sent us this tweet. The Pavarello Center uh, received $239,000, $400,000 from the Paycheck Protection Program through Bank United. Our banker guided us through the process as a healthy food pantry We've needed the assistance to provide food assistance to the enormous problem of food insecurity in our communities. There's uh, one successful uh, loan outstanding. Jessica in Fort Lauderdale, you are up next. Go ahead, Jessica. You're on the radio. Hi. I was supposed to open a small coffee shop in mid-March, and obviously that was you know, canceled due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our employees ready to go, but we hadn't actually started payroll yet. Now, do I qualify for the PPP loan? You know, we projected to be in business for the past few months already. I still have all the bills, um, you know, rent and everything. So is that something I qualify for? Interesting scenario there, Jessica. Ginger, how about it? Uh, a new business ready to open up, employees in the queue, but then the uh, economic consequences of fighting the pandemic hit. Would Jessica be eligible? Jessica, man, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I do not believe that you would be eligible because one of the requirements is that you have employees and payroll expense on February 15th, 2020. In fact, one of the things that we're uh, required to verify when somebody puts in an application is proof that they did have a payroll and employees uh, uh, as of 215. And uh, Jessica, did you have uh, those expenses on February 15th? I did. Yes, I did. Um, you know, we've had expenses for several months prior. And but did you specifically have it. payroll expenses on the 15th no, of February? No, we you did, did not. not. No. Okay, gotcha. No. And so in that case, Ginger, it sounds like she would not be eligible for this Correct. program. Yeah. And because, you know, this is all focused around payroll. That's why it's called the payroll protection right. Right. You know, program. And right. um, even though 25 percent of the of the money can go for leases and utilities and, and other expenses um, uh, in terms of the uh, the structure for the loan to still be considered uh, potentially forgiven in a couple months time. Right. Correct. But I, I tell you what I'm very concerned about is that people don't understand if they don't hit that 75% minimum on payroll, then they're not going to get that 25% that they think that they're going to get. And so I, I'm uh, what we're really trying to do with each one of our loans that we close is really emphasize that because I do think that people are not going to get the forgiveness that they thought they mm were eligible for if they do not follow the fine print exactly. In, and one which, of case things I'll, I'll mention, in, in which case it turns into a loan at what interest rate? Oh, I think we dropped Ginger there again. We'll, get, we'll connect with her. Marjorie in Miami on line two. Marjorie, you're on the radio. Go ahead. Thank you. I had just asked, I'm concerned with a sole proprietor who is eligible to file for the PPP, but they don't really have a payroll. And they are eligible, and they're getting funding. However, how are they going to get forgiveness without a payroll? Well, it's a good question, Marjorie. Uh, Alan, uh, I would imagine the sole proprietor, their payroll would be uh, just one, and it would be themselves. 
Yeah, they would just document what they were paying themselves, and that's part of the documentation. Yeah, but they are eligible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 800-743-9576, 800-743-WLRN. Tony in Pompano Beach, you're up next. Tony, go ahead. All right. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my question is regarding the companies that have a payroll, but all of their employees are 1099. How does that process work? So you've got all employees who are 1099. Correct. Right. So, uh, Alan, uh, in that case... It's, it's my understanding that they have to each apply individually. That's my understanding. Right, because they would not be considered W-2 employees, right. uh, but rather would be considered independent contractors. Yes. And that can be uh, uh, a, a you know pretty popular structure here in South Florida in the real estate and construction industry, right? For sure. Yeah. Yep. Do, you, do you run across that quite a bit with your clients, Alan? We do. Yeah. And and like I said, a lot of the that's kind of what we deal with. But a lot of these independent contractor, they're they're a lot of them are using the self-funding, you know, home equities or mortgages on their home to get the business going. So that's how we've been trying to help is is give them relief on that and, and telling them, listen, just don't worry about that expense and worry about the payroll. And, and work on applying for the PPP for that. And what kind of credit quality are you experiencing in that? What kind of credit qualifications uh, have those changed at all in the six weeks uh, or seven weeks that we've seen the stay-at-home orders and the economic consequences of the public health measures taken? Yeah, for sure. We've definitely made some changes to our underwriting criteria, tightened them up a little bit. Not knee-jerk reaction, not shutting things off, but a lot of, uh, understandably, uh, we're checking uh, income and are they actually employed when at the time of the closing, for example, on a, on a mortgage, on a refinance, are they actually working? Um, so we try to verify that right ahead. Before, we would not We would verify three days ahead. And auto loans, we, oftentimes we wouldn't check. we just take a paycheck. But now we're actually calling the business and seeing are they still in business? Do they still have income stream coming in? Yeah. Um, are you so that's much, kind of the extra steps. Are you seeing much demand for auto loans in this environment? No, it's, it's dropped off considerably, yeah. for sure. Makes sense. Alan, stick with us here. Alan Prindle is with us via FaceTime Audio, the CEO of Power Financial Credit Union. Ginger Martin, the CEO of American National Bank. She'll be back with us taking more of your phone calls, borrowing and business here in the age of the coronavirus. 1-800-743-9576. Economy here on WLRN live during this 9 a.m. hour on the program. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting Public Radio. We're live talking about borrowing and business with two local bankers. Companies and consumers have been hit hard by the economic consequences of efforts to slow the spread of COVID-19. Over 1 million people in Florida have filed for unemployment. The jobless rate in Miami in March in South Florida jumping to 4%. 51,000 more people were without a job in March than compared to February. Tens of thousands of people were added to the ranks of those who lost their jobs in April, certainly. Congress has okayed almost $660 million in loans to businesses. These loans may be forgiven if most of the money is used to keep workers on payrolls, even if there's no work to do right now. The Paycheck Protection Program has been criticized for favoring big companies and for big banks, favoring current customers over smaller firms. 
Small companies are big business here in South Florida, though. According to the Small Business Administration, 185,000 companies in Florida were approved for over $12 billion in loans last week. If you are a small business owner, have you applied for one of these loans? What's your experience? Have you called your bank to talk about a loan, a mortgage, a car loan, a credit card payment? 800-743-9576. 800-743-9576. Ginger Martin is back with us, CEO of American National Bank. Alan Prindle is still with us, CEO of Power Financial Credit Union. Uh, let's go right back to your phone calls with Haeckel in Miami. Haeckel, you are on the radio. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. I applied for the first round, and I'm trying to find out if I should apply a second time, um, my assumption was that one application is sufficient and it will carry through. Did, did you hear back on your first application at all, Hickel? Any clarity? No, I have not. None at all. Uh, Ginger Martin, how about uh, this scenario? Applied during that first round, haven't heard anything back. Uh, is the application still active in your experience? You know what, Hinkle? I would definitely advise that you apply at another bank because here's one of the things that we found. Uh, we did have people who had applied at a bank had not heard back or had actually even heard that they were way down in the in the queue and they actually applied with us and we got approval for them uh, in less than 24 hours so and here's what happens too if you do have an application uh, in at another bank because there seems to be a delay with some banks even though they've gotten approval for their customer letting that customer know so we have actually submitted some loans and then found out that that, because what happens, the uh, SBA, the E-Tran system will block us putting that application in if that loan has been approved. So in some instances, I've been able to call somebody and said, uh, guess what, your loan's approved. It's not with American National Bank, but wherever <laughs> you did submit it, it was approved. So and so they're kind of glad to hear that news, you know, too. Yeah, they're so most interested in, in in the money as opposed to maybe yeah, the, right. the source, right? Uh, Mike that's in Fort right. Lauderdale so, you know, has a definitely. Yeah, you're, you're suggesting that he uh, reapply with a second bank. Mike in Fort Lauderdale, you got a question about bank communications. Go ahead. Hey, Tom. Hi, are you? My name is Mike Tyber. I'm an attorney, and I'm also a uh, commercial consultant that does most focusing mostly on financing small, medium-sized businesses. We're a five-man operation, and we processed over 250 PPP applications over the last uh, two weeks since the beginning of this started. And the biggest concern that we've been seeing is that the big banks have zero communication. When it comes to the status of an application, whether it's been approved or not, and then when we try and move to a smaller uh, community bank or to a fintech company, they also don't give any guidance, specifically when it comes to a denial, uh, even more specifically related to a duplicate in the e-trans. Uh, do you guys have any advice on, you know, what our client should be doing when neither of the banks nor the FDA will give them clear guidance? Ginger, how about this communication of, uh, of loan application status? You know, I've definitely heard numerous stories, uh, exactly what uh, he, he was sharing. And I just can say that each bank is kind of handling things like differently. And, um, and, and so we have definitely been in communication with everyone that has applied to us uh, as far as what the status is. But you know what? I guess we can only be responsible for like ourselves, and, and I know that has been a frustration with some other, other places. But I do know there are, again, I'm going to go back to community banks and, and credit unions that are communicating. And one of the things, yeah. our size and the fact that we know our customers, as Eddie even mentioned in the first, first part of this call, makes it a different experience than when 
you're kind of just a number out yeah. there to some other institutions. Alan Prendel with it's Power uh, with Power Financial Credit Union, uh, you're not processing these loan applications through your credit union, but are you seeing customers come through who have applied and just don't know what the status is and instead are looking for for any kind of, of uh, loan cash flow that could come through your credit union? Um, yeah, we, we they immediately they, they approached us about it. And, and as I said, unfortunately, we made the decision not to because we were doing a computer conversion that weekend. Right. So we've tried to refer them to who, whoever they can help. But as Ginger said, we, we're, we're very close and in touch with our uh, members, customers. So we're actually reaching out to them before they even reached out to us to say, listen, we know your industry, you might need help. How can we help? What can we do? That kind of thing. So yeah. we proactively reached out to try to assist them. Alan and Ginger, hold on. We got one more short break. 800 743 9576. Live in this 9 a.m. hour in the Sunshine Economy. 800 Back on WLRN with a live version of the Sunshine Economy here during the 9 a.m. hour. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. Ginger Martin is the CEO at American National Bank. Alan Prindle, CEO at Power Financial Credit Union. Talking about borrowing and business here uh, in the economic consequences brought on by the public health measures to slow the spread of COVID-19. Eli in Miami, you're up next. Go ahead, Eli. Yes, uh, we operate a small business here in, in Doral, actually. And uh, uh, for employees, we applied for the uh, PPP loan uh, through our SunTrust uh, bank. And uh, they said, well, you're late for the first uh, round. We're out of money, but we'll give you, we'll put you right on the front uh, when, when the second round comes up. So we asked to fill out the applications. They say the application is not available yet, not available yet, not available yet. Finally, the, the, uh, the application becomes available on a Friday, I think it was a week or so ago. And then uh, uh, on that same day, I get an email from SunTrust that says, we're not accepting any more applications. So they left us hanging. Hmm. And uh, I'd like to know what my options are at this time, because every time I approach another bank, it says, yes, we're taking care of our customers. They're not taking care of somebody else's customers. Ginger Martin, you've uh, addressed this a little bit with American National Bank, talking about uh, uh, working with your current customers first and then looking at referrals. Uh, any tips for Eli? Well, you know what? I do know there's still banks down in uh, Day County that uh, some of the community banks that I believe are accepting the PPP applications. So I would uh, I would keep the, uh, reaching out to them and just asking them because if if uh, Day's a lot is quite a ways from from uh, Broward, or, or I'd say, hey, um, I, you know, I, I would help you. Because one of the things, you know, we are doing uh, with these non-customers, you know, we're saying we're willing to help you, but we want you to seriously consider making us your bank. Because one thing, Tom, the profitability of this for banks is marginal. So the, the, I think the reason that banks are doing it is to help the local businesses and, um, you know, to just be supportive of our existing customers and potentially new customers, because otherwise there is a lot of work and a lot of brain damage to be doing uh, to be doing these these loans. So it's mm-hmm. not for the money that banks are doing that. I'm going to tell you that right now. And one of the things, too, as a banker that people don't understand, we're loaning our money. 
The SBA didn't drop a, right. a, a amount of money and say, go loan this. No, it is the individual bank's money that is being loaned. And that has put some limitations because the banks didn't have the capacity yeah. to really increase. Ginger, let me ask for a couple of quick clarifications. One is on uh, there are fees that are attached to the loans that the bank is able Correct. to collect here. Yeah. Is that right? Right. So so there yeah, are some there, fees. There, there yeah. uh, secondly, you're talking about loaning the bank's assets here uh, and then essentially being able to sell that loan to the Federal Reserve to get those assets back. Correct. Well, what we're we're not going to be selling ours. We're going to go ahead and hold You're them. You're going to keep them on the balance sheet. We're going to keep them on the balance sheet. Yes, that's the decision that we're that we're making. And so, is that um, limited? We, that has, I would imagine, limited the amount of loans that you're willing to process. Then, well, what? Because it's a function of your liquidity. Do you have the liquidity right. to be able to lend? And it's also a function of your capital. Yeah. Thankfully, we had both, but we did set an internal limit um, on the on the amount of loans at eighty million dollars. Okay. So we're at. You know, we're at 70 million now, yeah. so we still have some, some bandwidth. Uh, Alan Prendel, I'll give you uh, just the last few uh, moments here. What's your quick outlook for credit uh, conditions for businesses should they need to have uh, more traditional loans? Uh, I think we're, we're seeing here with the stimulus money uh, and stay at home orders, we are seeing our deposits grow considerably on an annualized basis. We've grown close to 10% since December. Uh, so we have plenty of liquidity to lend. Um, so I, I think the lending environment will remain strong. Right. But the key is, as you entered, Matt asked earlier, what's the credit quality? Credit quality Are they really right. top cream of the crop? Yeah. Yeah. Alan Prindle, CEO at Power Financial Credit Union. We've got to run. Ginger Martin with American National Bank. Thanks to both of you for spending your time here on the Sunshine Economy. Peter Merritt's our technical director. Denise Royal produced and answered the phones. Thanks for listening.